Hello and welcome to another edition of the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and Sarah Hunter MBE is alongside for this one. How are you, Cynthia? You're looking rosy, tanned, refreshed. Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Um, fresh off the back of a, a week in Mallorca, which was very nice. Um, oh, yeah. very nice. What? And lots of pina coladas sitting on the beach, sightseeing. Um, what kind of holiday person are you? Well, this holiday after a long season was very much a pool holiday, um, like a few mojitos, like l- nice sunshine, nice food. Yeah, didn't really do a lot. So are you beach or pool? Um, well, a bit both. So we went down to the beach, but yeah, generally sat by the pool. Like, I do like the sea. I grew up in the northeast. I can't not like this, the beach, can I? No, I mean, there's, well, I mean there's, there's beach and then there's the frozen Arctic, which is what you're describing in the northeast um but um oh, oh great stuff anyway yeah you you look you look well refreshed um and you've also been busy around the jubilee weekend as well i mean i don't know for ed sheeran what the greater honor was playing ahead of the queen coming out of the balcony or playing for sarah hunter nba <laughs> yet to have an answer on that but uh ed was good was he Oh, brilliant. I went, I took my um, eight-year-old niece and I don't know who was more excited on the way, me or her, but um, yeah, we had a great time. It was brilliant. Like, I'd recommend it to, to anyone. Played all the old classics, you know, it was the mathematics tour, so it was all the albums. You know, yeah, good sing-along going on. Because he does something with with his album names, doesn't he, or covers? Yeah, they're like divide, multiply edition hence why i think it was the mathematics tour because it was from all the albums see what he's done there clever lad what some of his old classics like what the a-team castle on the hill don't know uh play it go on spotify or any other like devices that you want (laughs) i thought i'd got her i thought i got her and how long have you been playing ed sheeran since that concert just literally concert on loop yeah, I, well, I drove back from Newcastle um, and then had a few songs on the way down, you know, just uh, past the three hours that it took. Awesome. And how was your Jubilee weekend? Yeah, like pretty chill. I was um, back home in Newcastle. We meant to go to a fireworks display, um, you know, when they were lighting the beacons um, on the Thursday night, but it, it got rain, where it was raining, so opted out of that, unfortunately. And then, yeah. Eight cake, as you would do. Yeah, so pretty chilled. Absolutely, as you would do. Um, well, look, we've got a, a, a great show coming up today. Um, looking back at the Premier 15s final, uh, we'll look at all the news from around the world as well, focusing on the uh, Pacific 4 series which got underway as well. But it is uh, Saracen to our champions of English rugby yet again. The player of the final and the player of women's rugby at the moment is Marley Packer. She's joining us on the pod now. Marley Packer, thank you so much for joining us. Um, as those watching uh, the WRP, it's fairly obvious you're in a, in a foreign country. We can hear birds twittering away. Uh, the sun is shining. Thank you so much for joining us on um, what's clearly a, a day of holiday. Where are you? I'm currently in Cyprus. Oh, so, my word. Yeah, very nice. Well, in- incredibly selfless of you to, to come on the pod. <laughs> um, I understand you're in a meeting this morning as well. It just shows your commitment. Um Shows that kind of commitment that got Saracens over the line at the weekend. You sound like you're still a little hoarse. Where are you in terms of clouds? Are you sort of still up at nine or are we generally floating back down? No, I'm generally floating back down. Um, 
obviously fantastic to get the result in finish the season like how we did. Um, a lot of hard work's gone in behind the scenes from players and backroom staff to get the result we did. But yeah, we had a good night. Um, didn't party as hard as what probably a lot of us would have liked to have, but it's still really good. And then uh, yeah, Saturday straight back down to back down the ground with Oliver. So you know, it brings me back to reality quite often. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he does. You, because <laughs> I saw you after the final. Um, you're going off to be drug tested, weren't you? Or was that the semi? No, that was the final. That so was the final. That was also oh. a bit of a, that was a, bit of a, a, a dip in it all, to be fair, because also in drug testing now, which I didn't know about, you're not allowed to take alcohol in, so Packer was on the water. <laughs> so literally, I'd seen off a pint with uh, Mo and Skaz doing an interview after with them, and then I was on this high, we went into the change room, did the Tikatonga song, I couldn't breathe because so much champagne and beer and everything got like chucked over me. Um, and then I had to go out and do drug testing straight away. And usually I go drug testing. I'm like, yeah, I need a wee. I'm going to go. And I fill it right up this time. No, measly a little bit of amount. So I drink loads of water. Oh. <laughs> I love the detail of it all. So Molly, when you did get out of drug testing, what was the, um, what was the what was the atmosphere like? Take us into that changing room. What you got up to afterwards? Obviously, what goes on tour stays on tour. But um, how did how did you guys celebrate and, and and enjoy that moment in each other's company? So I think first thing when I went back into change rooms, uh, a lot of the girls decided that they were going to wear their kit out that evening. Um, by this time, I was not about to do that because I just wasn't in the mood for that anymore. But I can remember Georgie Evans. I looked at her full kit no socks out and then these white high heel things I was like that is impressive that's commitment to the cause that is um and then just uh because it was me and May Campbell we had a quick shower got ourselves ready and then got straight on the bus to where oh so we went to St Albans we went to the beach house in St Albans um and then we got there and there was a bit of a like an acoustic band going on there which wasn't really my um, feel at the time so we asked them to up their acoustic music to you know, liven the place up because we'd walked in. Um, and yeah, no, it was a really good night. And then we ended up in some club. And yeah, the trophy came with us everywhere. He, he was leading the way. Party pack. Cleo. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they probably Cleo to the nightclub, to be fair. I think I followed her. But, um, you know, it was a really good group of us. Um, and yeah, my favourite though was May Campbell. She was going, I don't know, she was going somewhere, I think in France. And she had to get the boat the next day. And yeah, imagine being on a boat when you didn't leave a club until three, if not later. Wow. Um, you yeah. mentioned May Campbell there. I, I, I thought she was, she was outstanding um, in the final. She's been outstanding the, the last few seasons. How, where, where was that final one on lost, Marley? Now you've had a, a bit of time, um, a bit of sun on, on the face there, just to, just to reflect. Uh, it, it was a game, Tutu and I just been talking just before coming on that, very, very similar to, to the semi-final. Harlequins or opposition, Exeter, had bought quite early on. You rode that out. And then from that moment on, it was fairly obvious you were in the mood um, to, 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 to take the victory. Where was it won and lost for you? I think it was one off the pitch for me. Like us as a group collective, we've come together, um, especially in this back end of the season, um, we've become a really close knit group. Um, and I take my hat off. That's, that's down to our coach, Chippy, our forwards coach that came in this season. Um, he's worked really hard with 
not just our on-pitch stuff, but how we how we are with each other off the pitch. And I think we've been doing some things off the pitch together. Um, and then on the week leading up to the final, we had a Sunday training session. Then we all had a barbecue around someone's house, uh, around one of the physios' houses. And I just think that was kind of the synergy between the squad on and off the pitch was is very special at the moment. And we got we got up to. Um, Worcester and we talked about making Worcester our home because obviously Stonex is, is a place that not many teams come and beat us there and um, in fact I think only Harlequins did that this season um, so we would we talked about how we can make Worcester our home and, and we did that um, and if we went off course at any time or or like people lost their way then you, you could hear players saying it to each other on the pitch like come home like and it was just a little thing, but it was really, it really like came came to the forefront for for Saracens um, and each individual, I think. But like we talk about riding it out, I think the first couple of minutes, Exeter had all of the all of the possession. Um, I think there was a great tackle that went in by McKenna, and then won the penalty off the back of that. Um, and then that was, I think, when we found our settle and we got our try. Not very long after that, I just think sometimes it takes a switch for us I think if you watch our whole league our whole season in the league actually we're not a team that comes out and scores first very often we we like to seem to get our back up against the wall to make us switch to get get into the game and we talked about how not to do that in the semi in the final and I think that, that there's moments in that first half that made us um, come out and do what we did and that tackle by McKenna was one of those big points. Oh, it was a massive turning point in that opening um, like part of the game um, after you scored that try, what what was the feeling amongst the um, amongst the squad? Because um, Johnny and I were speaking before, and we felt it was pretty significant in in how the game um, like panned out. But I just wondered if there was anything within you guys as a group that after that try, what how you thought the game would would pan out. Um. I think obviously the first try was really difficult because obviously we had been under the pump for the first few minutes of the game. Um, I think I scored what was it in the first ten, so it's still really early doors. But we need, like, I think the chat was like we need to. St- I know it sounds a bit cliche, but we need to stick to the way we play um, and our processes. When we get into that twenty-two, like let's not try anything silly, but actually, you know, what we've been training for, what we've been doing, let let's stick to that kind of stuff. But as much as we like ball in hand, let's make sure we play in the right areas. And I think that's something we, we nailed to the T. I think the stats from the semi-final showed that Saracens didn't have the ball hardly ever and Quinns had the ball most of the time. But when we do get the ball, we play in the right areas and make sure we come away with points when we, we get into that 22. Yeah. And that's something that we're very good at. When we get into that 22, we come away with points. I just thought, and Johnny and I, like as soon as you guys had scored that try after like soaking up all our pressure, there there was not going to be any other winner. Like, I just, it, maybe that's just a, a viewer's perspective, but like watching it, and then maybe knowing a bit about what you guys are as a group. But as soon as you scored that try after Exeter had all had all that pressure, I was like, that's it, it's game done. Like, it, it's Saracens final that are going to win. So just interesting hearing a player's perspective on the pitch, which is is probably 
Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think at that point we thought we were going to no. win. If you asked me as a player, I went into that game and there was going to be no other winner than Saracens. Yeah. And I think like there was a load of talk about how Exeter, how well, and credit to them, they played amazing this season and they've only been in the league two years. And like, take your hats off to them and Susie and the program they've got. But like, this was our fourth final we've been in. Like, we've won now three of them out of that four. Um, and the, the, the scoreline that Exeter put on Saracens when we went down and played at their place came off the back of like a long six, near, six Nations period where a lot of our players went off and did other international stuff. Like some of our foreigners went home for a little bit because obviously you miss home when you're away for so long. But like Exeter played in the cup together. They won the cup, which is fantastic for them. But they then they put on that performance against us. But that was never true Saracens way like obviously those players that went to uh, went to Exeter to play that game but like we believed that they would do a job for us and but it wasn't true like it wasn't true to us how we played then and I think they may have thought in their head like we beat them and we beat them by so much then that we could beat them in this final was there any hangover from from you guys as a group to be like actually that that hurt like I, I don't think anyone in the history of the Premier 15 has seen Saracens get beat in that manner so I didn't know that was fueling the fire on on uh, Friday as well in the, the I final. Think, I think I think that you're right that there, 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 there was a lot of fuel in the fire I think for some players I can remember I did a, an interview and Nay Campbell talked about after that game it was the first time she felt embarrassed because of the way they played that game um and like there's no need for that like at the end of the day I think there was there was bits that Exeter had put on social media and interviews and stuff like that and we all know what Poppy Clear was like she she reads and sees everything on social media so once she's seen it that's it we all know about it um little bits like that but look for me that final we just knew we needed to make our rugby do the talking and after that then yeah then we'll, we'll see what happens. But look, we got the result. We, the way I see it, we lost against Harlequins in domestic season. We lost against um, Exeter in domestic season, but we we made up for it in the semi and the final when it really mattered. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, there's lo- loads to pick up on there. Marley, for me, I think your, your words about um, Exeter, quite an extraordinary rise. Um after two, you know, what's that, thirty-eighth game or something? Just, just bonkers to get to a final, uh, and compete at that level. But that leads me to my question: In those moments, and there were moments with Exeter, they just looked a, a little bit rattled, a little bit, uh, don't quite know what to do. Every step you took um, as a team um, looked very, very assured. You knew the plan and, and executed it very well. How much do you think that experience you just spoken about there? Uh, of being in those finals um, came to four on Friday. Yeah, I think so massively. Um, and we also know what it's like to lose in a final as well. And I think a lot of players like have never been in that situation in the Saris shirt. Like I think if we look over the years of, of the leagues, we've not lost many games. So actually players knew that in a big end game now. So carrying that into our final, we knew where we need to stick to, what our processes are and how we wanted to play. And we went and had team run the day before to make sure. Um, and it wasn't our slickest team run. And, you know, people were, had worked, not words with each other, but like there were still teething issues in some areas. But actually it was about making sure that, um, 
that basically on the day that we knew our jobs and that's what we were going to do, we didn't have to come off a plan to, to do anything special. Chippy, uh, Juan Figalo, uh, Argentinian international prop, won everything there is virtually, um, certainly with, with Saracens, European and, and Premiership titles. What has he bought? Your big big emphasis for, for me uh, uh, over certainly since, since you came back from the Six Nations and you talked about that extra result and I spoke to Alex Austin, your coach, who said there was too much cotton wool out in preparation for that extra game and, and you weren't physically right. So Chippy's obviously got you physically right, but it's the speed of the ruck and the identification of when to go through the middle of a ruck, um, of which you've done absolutely superbly. Is that something that Chippy's been, been working on? What else has he brought to the group? Um, I think Chippy is a massive character. Like He comes from the men's game as well, so he's very much in touch with what it's like to be a player and a coach. So um, he just brings like a lo- loads of positive energy to us because I think us as, as women rugby players, we can be very hard on ourselves and quite negative sometimes. And he's like, oh, I've been that and like, I'm the next one kind of thing. And he's just so positive about it. Um, as in around the, the breakdown and stuff like that, he, he, he's, yeah, he's done wonders for us. We, we work on like different aspects in, in training that we probably haven't worked quite like that before which he's taken away from what the men do to to bring it to us um I feel like like the pick and go around the ruck like we identified that was going to be a weakness of Exeter because they don't put people in the ruck so then their spacings around guard and bodyguards got to be on it and if they're not on it they're there for the take-in and I think if you look at the likes of myself uh, your poppy cleals and those kind of people who love a little pick and go like a real quick ruck then play off of that and I think both semis and finals it worked really well for us and we managed to get a couple tries from it so you know I wouldn't say it's something that you know we've been coached into doing it we have talked about it we have said and obviously the coaching staff identified a few players that are good at it to do it um, and then really go from there. Uh, last one for me tactically on, on the game of rugby um, or, the, or that well yeah in particular the, the, the semi-final and final um, you spoke about the the switch and and just being utterly ruthless, and I think that's that's the the, the key word is is when you got your 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 scoring rate in the semi final and final. I mean, I thought it was something like five visits and twenty eight points in the semi final. It was even better in in the final. Exeter scored a try just after half time. It was um, Jenny Detivo. You then scored two tries in quick succession, almost like you you put your foot on the accelerator as and when you want. Where does that come from? Oh, I think it comes from sometimes a little bit in. Uh individual genius like Alicia's try where I'm not too sure how she got through the line obviously she did a little sevens thing where you let go of the ball on the floor pick it back up and go through but still I feel like she should have got tackled there that was that was a great try from her but then also Mackenzie's try when we came out straight from half time and got that try um, that's the kind of thing like that's how you want to finish a, the first half and come out and straight away doing the second half it's 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 putting your foot on the throat and keeping it there. And as the as the second half went on, uh, making sure that we keep pushing down, um, not letting off, um, it, it is is my my take on it. I don't know if that's other people's take, but that's the way I look at it. I love it. It's so you. <laughs> so, Marley, we've spoken a lot about Saracens and um, the team. Um, but let's just have a have a quick chat about you and how you find handling things. Um, but honestly, another absolutely outstanding performance. Like you've just backed up game after game after game, and not only that, I think got better like, like throughout the season. And like you've always been an absolute quality player, but I I feel for for this year it's just been a 
a standout year for for you um like what do you what do you pay it down to like why is it this year over other years that it's been like consistent not that it hasn't been before but do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah it's, no, been, not it's really. been a different like a different place. another level different yeah, level you're playing level. at the moment different level like, uh, it's really tough to to pin it down to any one thing um I think like first and foremost is the players that you play around whether it's when I'm playing for the Red Roses or playing for Saracens like the, the group that I'm with that all put their body on the line for me and I do the same like, I can't play the way I play without them playing the way they play so like, that's a lot to do with it and I guess my, my support networks as well family and friends like it, they've been great for me and like I can go to them and ta- like talk to them about on-field stuff, off-field stuff, and uh, they back my corner 100%. And I think, like, my performances are just due because I'm just me. I'm smiling on the pitch. I'm happy. I think when when rugby's done at the end of the day, so uh, I get back from training, then obviously, like, Oliver and that kind of life takes over. And when I'm back at work, then I'm on the job. And I think the switch to be able to do to do both it is it's it's been really good for me um maybe i'm obviously older now and i would really care what the coaches thought of me and i'd need to be in like the best like nutrition snc and all of that kind of stuff and i'm not saying i don't think and i don't worry about that stuff now but i think like in the grand scheme of things like i just need to let my rugby do the talking and stop worrying about stuff that i can't fully control and as long as i'm playing well then that makes them things controllable i guess um, so yeah I think I think those things and uh, I was on an interview the other day and I think just my outtake on life has changed since Oliver and it's it's been a really positive um, thing for me and uh, I think that's really rubbed off on my rugby it was me asking after the final but we got you on the oh, pod yeah. as well yeah it was yeah it was me um, because I think you know I've looked on, looked on from afar and you know I've known you, known you for a while um, as, as Sunza said you know always pretty much one of the first people on the team sheet with club or country, but just gone to, to another level. I just wonder whether you're, uh, because, you know, everybody has bumps in the roads and sevens, fifteens, flip-flopping, didn't see you as a sort of as happy as you, you could have been. But, you know, with third title in a row, player of the match, couple of tries in the final, six nations player of the year nomination, RPA, England player of the year. Um, and I mean the biggest accolade of all you were number seven in the WRP Scrum Queens uh, team of the Six Nations honestly uh, that's right up there but are are you as happy as you've you've been for for quite some time and you talk about family and stuff there yeah yeah real good Um, like obviously all of those accolades like it's been an immense season and yeah I just think yeah yeah when you reel them off like that it's really hard because I've got no words to explain it or describe it's just happened but I've just been enjoying the ride if you get me and I get to do this with all my best friends as well and like Santa will know like it's it you're part of a very unique family and you get to enjoy all these moments with people it's not just about your your, your own personal accolades oh wow what what an answer to to, to finish on um if there's a if there's a lesson for any girls out there you get to the very very top of the game like Marley Packer World Cup winner all the rest of it and she's her, her, her big advice is to is to enjoy it and uh, do you know what 
you're not too far off there, are you? Um, if you keep enjoying your rugby and it's and it's showing your play, Marley, please go put the towel on on, on the deck chair if you haven't already. Go grab a, a pina colada, um, you put the feet up. You well deserve it. And thank you so much for giving us so much time on on your holiday. Really appreciate it, and well done for everything this season. No worries at all, Johnny. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sansa. Bye. Have a great holiday. Wow, um, just just everything about her, um, talking about her when we've just spoken to her, but she just seems really, really comfortable in you know in her own skin. And we spoke about there the fifteens and sevens, she flip flopped backwards and forwards, but with the introduction of Oliver and partner and what have you, and just caring just a little bit less on the things you probably can't control particularly well. But even there in that interview, and I know you know her obviously incredibly well, and obviously I've known her through the years, so she's going to be feel quite comfortable. And on holiday, you, you like to think she's quite relaxed. But but even even the answers and the consideration of what she was saying there, from my point of view, that's very, very different from two, three, five years ago. She just seems to be very very happy in her skin and that's possibly one of the big reasons as to why she's playing out of her skin ah oh, it's brilliant yeah you know it, it's great to see like obviously we've spoken about it like we've we've seen marley when when she's not enjoying rugby and i've seen that like first time playing alongside her and you, you never want anyone to to not enjoy what they're doing and and like it's just the absolute opposite at the minute she she loves being around camp, and I'm sure that's the same at Sari. You can you can hear her from what she's saying about the the first thing she said about it was one off the field, which I thought was really significant. You know about just how much they were gelled as a squad and they enjoyed spending time with each other in, and how much she was enjoying that. And I'm I'm sure she's a huge part in that. I think the biggest thing, and we didn't get to ask her about, was was about the the leadership role she's taken on over the last couple of years that. Like people look to her, people are inspired by by her and how she plays and she's just a natural motivator of the game and and um like you can't help but be enthused when you're around her and when you see her play and um yeah, I think you can you can see that she's just happy in herself, she's comfortable of where she's at and how she's playing and and I think like I, I genuinely think like she, she's got so many years ahead of her playing at this this level I think um and I hope like she goes on to having an amazing World Cup because it'll it, like she's done it on the domestic stage she's done it on the Six Nations stage but to, to go and do that on the the world stage at the World Cup I think would be would be incredible um for for her it's the thing on, on in commentary if you hear, hear a swear word through the, the referee's mic yeah you have to apologize because Ofcom is always listening um yeah, we, we we always have to do that. That's quite frequent um, when when Marley's near the referee. Um, but I mean, just just to speak and shout the amount that she does for an eighty minutes, let alone the physical stuff that she does. I I, I can't quite believe where she gets the energy. At, you know, she's the other side of thirty now, isn't she? Um, and I just just wonder where she gets that energy from, and what is she like to to play alongside? Is she? Obviously, there's this kind of energy ball that once in a while, whether it be in a huddle or whatever, metaphorically, you've got to plug into the energy ball and, and that gives you the energy. Is, is that what it's like playing along, alongside Marley Packer? 
Yeah, firstly, I think she's fueled by Red Bull. <laughs> she always seems to be having a can of Red Bull in her hand. So, right, okay, yeah. Uh, we are open there. to collaborations. Yeah, or any of the energy drinks that are available. Um, but no, on a, on a serious note, like that's just naturally her. Like it, it doesn't matter what sort of session we're turning up for, whether it's a, a like a walkthrough type session or um, or like a full smash session. Energy, Marley will bring the energy at times. Like you have to rein her in a little bit because of what she wants to give all the time. But but certainly um, as a leader, I would um, use Marley or do use Marley like like you said like she's this natural ball of energy that will will motivate people but if we need I don't know someone to galvanize a team and um she does it so naturally that it's so authentic and if we need that at that moment of time you know that real like maybe just before we go in um after kickoff or maybe if there's been a down moment and you just need to give her a nod or like can you have a just say something like whatever it is you want to do because it'll come naturally to you but it will galvanize it will re-energize the squad and it'll give us something that that we need at that particular moment and she's so brilliant at doing that which is why I say she's taken on that that leadership role as she's got older maybe a bit more mature um, knows how to channel some of this energy at, at the right time to get the best out of the team. But yeah, she's, she's just a brilliant player and person to, to have in your team. And I, I almost think that Saracen's sort of embodiment of, of, of her, you know, very, very physical, know what they're about, very comfortable in, in, in what they do. Um, high, high energy, um, and that never say die attitude. Just, just move on to Sarah's. Because we didn't have a huge amount of time to to hear your your opinion on it. Um, you know, in front of a, a record cried crowd for for the final. That for me, that was about as impressive as it got. Last year's uh, final was was different. I thought it was a it's a real game of mental chess um, that Harlequins won, but. But over the last two games of Saracens, for me, that that's about as impressive as as, as a team have performed in the Alliance Premier Fifteens ever. Oh uh, yeah, I don't disagree. I just thought they were they like Marnie says they were very ruthless. They had a ruthless approach about what they were doing. It didn't it didn't feel like what watching certainly when Exeter had all that pressure early on that. They were that bothered about it. They were happy to make tackle after tackle after tackle, and then obviously McKenna put that absolute smashing tackle in that that led to the to the turnover. And I just felt from from that moment they just stamped their authority on the game, and they went down into Exeter's half and never looked back. That try, and I just felt at that moment, like I said to Marley, it was that that was the turning point. I. I didn't think knowing what Saracens are about and just seeing that Exeter just didn't seem to have what they'd had all season in that opening like play that actually Saracens were were, were gonna win and um and they obviously did go on to do it, but the manner in which they did it, he talked about that breakdown. I just thought it was incredible. It's probably one of the the best sort of breakdown performances I've seen from a from a women's side in the premiership and that allowed them to play the style we know Saracens can do and I thought that the team generally like one to 15 or one to 23 like played on and played some of the best rugby we've, we've seen them play as individuals but collectively I thought I thought they were really good 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, we mentioned Chippy Juan Fregalo. A lot of players talking about him and obviously the influence he's brought in. I, I mentioned uh, in commentary, um, Alex Waterbury has to have a bouquet thrown at him as well. Just to 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 bring in someone else, take some confidence. Like you're talking about leadership, you know. Marley's great at motivating, so, so I'll plug into that. Yeah, and that takes a lot of confidence in, in, in your own leadership um, to, to be able to do that and to entrust somebody else to do that. But um, yeah, Alex Waterbury, unassuming chap um but yeah clearly a, a great rugby brain and and is able to to get his team exactly where he needs to but there and then utterly utterly ruthless um let's let's switch then to to the other team way down the other end of the spectrum um exit chief um it'll hurt now certainly of course um they're professional small p players um a week, 10 days' time, they can look back at and be incredibly, incredibly proud of what they've done. Oh, absolutely. The first non-London club to play in the Premier 15's final, like, it's not to be sniffed at. Um, and I think they've had they've had a great season, you know. They've made Sandy Park a, a fortress. Not many people go down and, and win there. It's very difficult. And they've, they've like, Susie has masterminded a team to like plug into the extra Chiefs men's way and the support that they've generated. And and I, I genuinely think it's just beginning of things to come down there. And and that's what you want in in the in the women's premiership. You know, you want you want teams to that come into the Premier 15s to to thrive and to to move on. And it adds more competition and it just adds that competitiveness across the, the league, which is which is where we want. And I think they they will look back and they'll be disappointed. They've obviously they won the the Prem Cup, um, so they've got they've got something to look back on and go right. We've achieved this. They obviously had their Open Bus Tour, um, which to celebrate their success as well. Which again, from looking at some of the, th- the 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 clips on social media, that that was well supported and 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 it's great to see the the club getting behind the women's team. So while losing a final always hurts, like I do hope that at some point they do look back and go actually in our two years existence this is what we've done and hopefully it will like kick them on to to another level um and, and add that real competition that we we need yeah and i and i thought there were some some impressive performances for me i just pick up one name um ebony jeffries who came off the bench was was outstanding um and in amongst and there's been been lots of chat and i don't think we need to to get into it the a lot of players from from around the world. Um, I think Susie Appleby has done a, an outstanding job with 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 the cards she's she's, she's been dealt. Um, for her, it's a five year program to to hit year two um, with a cup victory uh, and a, and an appearance in the final. Um, it's yeah, absolutely superb. And yeah, with these under twenties players coming through, um, learning off the likes of Zachary and Cantona and, and Patricia Garcia. Um, as well, uh, the little hero that she is, um, yeah, Exeter Chiefs' future is is very very bright indeed. Deserved winners then. Uh, they led the way the whole way, didn't they, Saracens? Uh, it was the top two that finished the league in the final, um, and in the end, it was Saracens who came through. Let's get you up to date with uh, all the rest of the news. As we have been talking about, Saracens were crowned champions of the Premier 15s for a third time on Friday, beating Exeter Chiefs at six ways in Worcester. 
I guess Molly with two tries, May Campbell, Vicky Fleetwood, Mackenzie Caution, and Alicia Corrigan all got on the score sheet. For Exeter, Flo Robinson, Jenny Deckibo, and Ebony Jeffries. Indeedy so. Love to know the viewing figures for it as well across uh, the BBC iPlayer. And it was on BT Sport as well. And, you know, again, some nice camera angles and that kind of stuff. It looked really, really good. And we're now at the stage where the rugby is so good, we, we can't afford to put it out there uh, in any other form than, than really good, high-quality broadcast quality. So, yeah, fair play to, to BT. Massive everything crossed that there's some more involvement uh, across the, across the season from from BT, um, who obviously the sort of the big rugby broadcasters in the UK. And of course, it was the last game of her rugby career. Patricia Garcia, the uh, Spanish international, um, she had a brilliant uh, walking off the field and and turn and gave a little bow. Uh, to the game of rugby. That's how I sort of saw it as well. Um, I caught up with her directly after the final just to talk to her about the final uh, and her career very, very quickly. Look, it wasn't your day today for, for Exeter, but you must be incredibly, incredibly proud. That's the 38th league game that this, this side has, has played together. To, to get to a final, it's just quite incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, Saracens uh, play really, really well. I think congratulations to them. They have done an amazing season and it was an amazing final. Uh, we couldn't defend as, as, as we have been doing uh, their fast ball, you know, even playing, gaining the line, but also playing continuity. Uh, we couldn't stop them. Uh, and also we couldn't, um, we didn't um, uh, be really accurate in our opportunities, we'd say. Okay, And they have been really clinical in their 22. So all the credit to them. But again, as you say, we must be proud of what we, we, we did. Creating a team in the middle of a pandemic from zero, from nothing, and in two seasons just arriving to Allianz Premier 15's final and also winning the Allianz Cup, it has been amazing for the club. So it's something we must be very proud. You've been a huge part of that. You've played in France, you've played in Japan, you've played in New Zealand. Where does the experience in, in England, which isn't over yet for, for you, I, I hope not anyway, um, where does it rank? Well, uh, it has been really uh, pleased to learn from all these countries, all these cultures and also all these ways to play rugby also because it's quite different how we play rugby in England and how we play in New Zealand, in France, in Spain or Japan, you know. So I'm um, just very grateful for all the opportunity that uh, bringing here to the English League. Uh, it was uh, the last league that I didn't uh, play that it was very, very in the high performance and I wanted to, to, to have a go with it and hopefully... Um, achieving a very good level for, for a Spanish country and that we could um, finish in a New Zealand World Cup that we didn't qualify end of it. But, you know, I think for my career it's something that I'm very grateful for all these opportunities, meeting incredible people, have a lot of experience around the world and I'm just very uh, grateful I got the opportunity to, to know and learn from rugby. You're not going to leave the game. You're involved in the uh, Exeter Academy. Is that going to continue for the foreseeable future? Well, we'll see. Um, they want me to stay. We're having conversations. Uh, we didn't decide yet. But uh, anyway, if it's here in England or away, I'm just, I hope that I can be involved. And my purpose is to give back to rugby all that has been given to me um, now of the field. And I will try to keep that with, with my charity, with my business projects. And, and also hopefully maybe, you know, in a coaching or, or managing role, we'll see, we'll see where, but uh, close to rugby. Well, look, from everyone in rugby, thank you very much for, for what you've done for, for the game, especially in Spain. You're adored wherever you go. I hope the camper van stays in the garage and you don't pack it up and move on elsewhere. I hope you keep you in England. Thank you so much, Patricia Garcia. Over to your club, Lark Davis. Just announced this morning, in fact, and moving on after three years, 39 tries in 39 appearances for Loughborough Lightning, and she is off 
to Bristol. It's a, bit yeah. greedy. it's a bit greedy, isn't it? They've got Hannah West, who's a superb player. So they've got Hannah, Hannah West now and, and, and Lark Davies. Shame they to have. see her go. Yeah, like, um, really sad to see her go, obviously, from like a playing point of view, a friend point of view, like a coach point of view, every point of view, really. Um, but, you know, she's, she's had enough fact, she's been fantastic for us at, at Lightning from everything that she brings as a rugby player, but more importantly, what she brings to the person and and the standard that she, she set um, for us as a programme. And um, she'll be missed massively, uh, but I wish her all the success. And I think everyone at Lightning does to, to go and um, be as great down there, maybe just not when she's playing Lightning. But yeah, um, she goes with all our best wishes. And, and Bristol have got an absolutely amazing sign in there. So um, I'm sure they'll they'll be looking to to go on from their, their semi-final spot from, from this year. And Locke will certainly help her do that, help them do that. Yeah, wait to see what other movements there will be around the Premier 15s. In France, Stade Toulousien were crowned champions, beating Blagnac 16-10 at the weekend. Three all at half-time, Laure Sansou and Paulie Bourdon guided Toulouse to victory, coming back from 10-3 down. And on Monday was the start of the Pacific 4 series that set New Zealand, Australia USA and Canada all playing these games out in the, in New Zealand, uh, but it all kicked off. Obviously, uh, Canadian and USA strong representation in that uh, in that Premier 15s finals. Those guys got on a plane um, virtually straight after the game. Um, but on Monday, Canada beat the USA 36 five, uh, while New Zealand beat Australia 23 10 in Tauranga. Uh, King to Coxage, lovely little Kenj. Um, became the most capped Black Fern of all time, winning her 58th cap. She got a penalty as well in the game. The rest of the starting 15 had 68 caps between them. Uh, round two of Pacific Four is on Sunday, with USA taking on Australia and Canada up against the Black Ferns. Both games are being played in Waitakere, which is just west of Auckland. Let's have a, just a, a quick chat about the Pacific uh, for their Sunter. Just pick up on, on Kendra Coxage. Um, really, really rough couple of years um, for her personally. Um, just delighted. She's such a professional. A bit like Marley, you almost hear her before you see her. Um, but for for one of the smallest people that I've ever known to, to play the game of rugby, she has got a massive heart. And she's not short on ability either. No, she's been uh, an incredible servant to New Zealand rugby over the years. You know, like I say, uh, a lovely human offer and a nightmare to play against it. Like, she's caused us some absolute problems over the years. She's won games for them. Um, you know, she's she's been the heart of the the team for for a, for a long time winning world cups and um yeah it was it was great to see that she became the the most capped black fern um that there has been it's a, a well deserved accolade and no doubt she'll she'll get a few more caps over the upcoming months it's bonkers though isn't it what are you you're knocking on 140 <laughs> not bad. uh well how many are you on 134. She paused there, ladies and gentlemen. She knows exactly 
because um, Rocky is, is looming in sight now, isn't she? One through seven. And, and she's been an absolute constant. I can't remember huge injuries that she's had over the last decade, 15 years, and yet she's only got 58 caps. That just shows you how much Test Rugby or lack of Test Rugby that the Black Ferns have had. And I, yeah, I, I hope that... Um, yeah, their home World Cup is 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 going to be brilliant. They perform well, obviously not too well, certainly mm-hmm. towards the latter stages as a as a as a fan. But it's yeah, it's that kind of thing that they they need to get right rather than you know just chucking big name coaches in. Yep, twenty three ten for New Zealand, four tries. Olsen Baker, Bremner, Letty Lenga with, with a couple coxes, as we said with a with a penalty. Seven new caps, I think it was. Um, not some of their bigger names. Were you surprised at the the margin of victory? Actually, that's not a bad result all round. I think um, they obviously came from 10-0 behind as well, I think. So I think um, it shows where they are as a squad that they, they can, obviously after the autumns when they would have been disappointed and when they went behind, they didn't look like getting back within the game. And obviously they've they've got back in the game and then they've gone on to win. And I think... Obviously, with new coaches um, coming in, they they want to have a look at people and they want to give people an opportunity um, with fresh eyes and and you know having seven new caps and to to get uh, a win um, on the board, I think for them will be a massive step, especially after after the autumn and after everything they've gone through as well since the autumn and the reviews that have taken place and and I think obviously Australia had those those two games, what was it, against Fiji and Japan. So they've, they've got some rugby under their belt, whereas New Zealand haven't played since November. So I think I think they'll be, I mean, if I was them, I'd be happy with that, that rebuilding phase that they're obviously going through. They just need to accelerate that in terms of getting ready for the World Cup. But I think the, the big game for me will be seeing where Canada and New Zealand are at and um, who comes out on, on top of that. You know, it's 36-5 at the weekend, I, although it, it's difficult, isn't it? Because th- these were quite a lot of um, fringe players. I mean, Canada, Demerchant scored a couple of tries. Holt Camp, we know her from, from time, the Premier 15s. Boussa and Perry as well. De Goudet kicking uh, three conversions. Uh, again, someone who's performed in the in the Premier 15s. Um, Telfui uh, for the USA's score. But they're, they're going to be hugely bold. So Canada, yeah, Totosi, Menin... Um, Corrigan as well um, from Saracens, but the, the players and I, and I immediately go to Kate Zachary, Gabby Cantona. Those two will make a huge amount of difference to that USA team, let alone Foster Johnson, um, Hope Rogers. These kind of players Kelter. as well. Kelter, oh my goodness, yeah, of course. Um, they will be significantly boosted for their game against Australia. Yeah, uh, I think um, you know, obviously having the Premier Fifteens and. The, the club, the country's allowing them to play in that because they're huge games for, for those players. And um, I think um shows where, where these games are in terms of like their preparation. And, and I think, but they can't go and notice that they had so many players missing from that. And it will it will certainly bolster them. Um, it'll be interesting on the travel and seeing how quickly they um get over jet lag and how, how much, obviously like the disappointment of uh, the final has or how much that motivates them to go out and play. But yeah, they will certainly add um, to to both the USA and Canada teams, That that's for sure. So a prediction in USA against Australia? Um, 
I think USA might win. I'm with you. Uh, Canada up against Black Ferns. I think Canada might win. Oof, no, Black Ferns. Um, there you go. And we only have to look back at uh, previous podcasts to know who's winning the prediction race <laughs> this season. A lot of claps flying out as well, of course. Saracen's oh, co-captain. Yeah. Um, Huge to, to to see how she gets on. Um, but that's about it for uh, another week, Sunter. Um, Pacific Four still going on. And I want to just do a roundup, really, of, of, of the season. I know we're sort of in line with the English season here for our, our listeners around the world. But um, just a little review of the English season. And, and obviously, we'll try to get some reaction from the Pacific Four as well. So, yeah, we'll certainly bring you one more podcast before having a, a short break. But it's a busy old summer, isn't it? You've got Commonwealth Games, you've got World Cup Sevens. And then, of course, um, the small matter of a World Cup to come. Uh, but you can continue unpacking boxes. Just one shout out to Sarah Paris Redding, sister or twin sister, in fact, of Georgie Paris Redding, both sell Sharks players. Uh, Sarah travelled 52 hours to see her sister play for the USA on the open side starting. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Dedication. Isn't it just? You, you, you'd have a holiday off the back of it or before it, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, anyway. something. You'll need it. <laughs> It's a reasonably long way to go. So, uh, yeah, fair fair play to so I hope you enjoyed the game uh, and hope you enjoyed it uh, as well, Georgie. There we go then. Thank you to Marley Packer. Uh, it was fascinating listening to Marley. Uh, she's in such great form and long may that continue. You, as ever, Sarah Hunt MBE, were in sparkling form. Thanks to Tom and to Vicky. Uh, and we will see you next week. Bye. 